I'm Eric. I'm Lucas. And we are the Modern Agronomists. We are putting a modern spin on an old industry. So today uh, we've got Paul Raymer here. Paul's an agronomist in Fond du Lac, and he's our precision egg lead in the co-op. And uh, he's going to just share a couple things about technology, maybe some of the things the co-op offers as far as technology. And how about you give us a little background about yourself, Paul, and maybe some of the extracurricular activities you're doing besides just being an agronomist. No problem, Eric. Well, yep, I've been an agronomist with Country Visions, working out of the Fond du Lac location for nine years now. During that time, our co-op has gone bigger into Precision Ag, uh, working with the technology and the programs available to us and trying to help our farmers find solutions to utilize the technology they already have and realize the benefits of Precision Ag on their own operations. So precision egg technology, that's, we all know that's a loaded, loaded topic. When you're, when you're looking or working with some of your growers or helping out with the team, looking at different things, what is one of the first things that um, we think that a, a grower should be looking at? When I'm working with someone that is interested in doing more with precision egg, first thing we have to look at is what do they actually have for technology what's available to them that they may have already invested in equipment that they're not utilizing the full capability, whether it comes to yield monitors or variable rate seeding on their planters and recording application maps with other equipment they're using on their farm. And then taking that information and putting it all together to help us create a picture of what's going on out in that field. So you think one of the first things then is to Start with maybe some expectations of what we're what we're going for, what we're looking at. A lot of people have different goals when they start looking at precision egg. And as an agronomist, my first goal is always to start with soil tests. At the co-op, we've been recording where we're pulling foil, soil samples from and into our software programs. And we've been doing that for a good eight years. So we've been taking multiple soil samples over time from the same locations. And when we're doing that with GPSing the soil sample locations, we're able to create a picture of that field when it comes to the fertility. And we can see how that picture changes over time throughout soil sampling events. And at the end of the day, the most important thing out in that field is the fertility. That's where you're starting with. And, and you said most of these are getting gridded. Are, are you majority at the five-acre grid, or you are you working with smaller grids with certain? With us being in Wisconsin for nutrient management, our basic soil sampling requirements is one sample for every five acres. I prefer to have a heavier sampling density at two and a half acres, If we're looking to do a variable rate fertilizer, we do have a few growers that are sampling on one acre grids. And the analogy I always like to use is when you're looking at the fertility of your field, it's what resolution do you want to be looking at? And 
I tend to compare five acre grids to older standard definition television. Two and a half acre grids is like a high def TV and a one acre grid is like the new 4K ultra TVs. And the variability out on the field can impact how dense of sampling you want to do. But ultimately it's how good of resolution of a fertility picture do you want out there so when with the sampling density it does there is a higher cost to have more samples out there but ultimately your soil tests are one of your cheapest inputs into your fertility to actually know where the variability across the field so i know with with some of these um smaller grid and stuff you you you've been really getting into some of this variable rate spreading um, with some of your growers, correct? Yes. What is what is in your mind when we're looking at doing that VRT? Are you looking at adding more on to our most productive acre or making corrections on maybe some lower areas if they're at least lower productive? It depends on the field. I think in most situations, there we have a lot of fertility variation across fields, no matter the size of the field. Most of it depends on cropping history. We're fields combined together to make larger fields? Are there major changes in topography? And all these different variations impact yield. And we know fertility is impacted by yield over time too. Where you remove more crop, you remove more nutrients. Where you remove less crop, less nutrients are removed. And we are able to see that in the maps that we're getting when we're soil sampling. And when we're doing VRT fertilizer, a lot of times we're making corrections. So we're at the same time as we're putting less fertilizer out where we don't need as much, we're putting more where we do need it. And doing that also increases yields in those areas of lower fertility that are probably more highly productive to raise the yield of the entire field. The management's been pretty eye-opening if you can lay over that harvest map or that yield map over top of some of these soil samples that yes, must, must really shine there. had more than one grower say to me that once once they finally get a yield monitor and are able to see how all these fields are performing, it's like they've been farming with a blindfold all these years and they can finally see how the fields are producing across the field because we're, we've spent so many decades farming by the field and we can now with the technology we have we can start looking at all right where can we make all these corrections within the field and raise the whole production of the operation and i think you know the whole thing with vrt is it doesn't matter if you have a five acre field or a 50 acre field um, it's really on your goal i mean you can start small with vrt and and paul maybe has more experience with this than i do but uh don't feel like it just has to be a big field. I don't know if you want to speak more on that, Paul, or not. But Yeah, I, I think people get it in their heads that you have to have acres to be able to do it. And we have plenty of small guys doing it on variable rate on five-acre fields. You don't have to have a large field. One end of the field it could be very different from the other end of the field when it comes to fertility and other things going on in that environment. What is what is one of the the biggest things when we're we start talking about some yield maps and and looking at that with you know I don't care what color the combine is or whatever we're able to pull some of this data off. What is one of the biggest uh, things you're looking at then um, 
when you are looking at some of those yield maps? Are we looking at product specific, or is it just are we going off soil, or what's some of the what what is some of the things we're looking at when we start looking at those maps? Usually, when we start looking at yield maps off the combine, the first thing we're looking at is what are the good areas and what are the poor areas of the fields, and then we're asking why is it that way. And in our area, a lot of it has to do with topography and a lot has to do with drainage. And a lot of the fields, the simple answer is tile is needed to improve drainage. And that's going to be the biggest impact driving yield in those areas. But if it's not simple answers like that, it's nice. We also have access to programs that can give us imagery throughout the year. And you can start to look backwards through the year and figure out what happened in that field. And maybe it's too late to do anything about it this year, but at least you can investigate and find out a reason a product or a crop performed the way that it did out there. And is there something, an adjustment that we can make for the future to save us? Because all this yield data and satellite imagery and other all this other information, the soil tests, we're all gathering, it's more about improving our decision-making process than it is about having pretty pictures to look at. Yeah, and I think there's a big disconnect there where people are gathering this data. They've got all these layers in whatever software program they're using, but they don't quite know how to translate that into either making a decision, making a change, I mean, what have you, anything. I just feel like the analytics behind the layers isn't always discovered. And the, the biggest thing is people need to take the time to do it. It's it's not something that, especially if they're new to the technology, they really haven't used it. They don't know how to go about investigating and making these decisions. But we have to take the time to, to go through these layers and parse that information out that can have major impacts on our operations in the future. What's one piece of technology that you do think makes a major, a major impact on, on a farm? For sure, having a yield monitor is probably the most important piece of te- technology people can add on that farm because it really does tell the story. Where we've spent decades with people telling us that I think that did well or I think it did okay or it was, it was terrible, but they didn't have anything to back that up. So when we have the information on how something actually performed, you can actually make a real decision for the future. Yeah. I think it kind of breaks it, it, the field down. You know, it's not just a field average anymore. It's it did good here. This is why it did bad here. Maybe this is why. And then you make a change. Correct. Yeah, I guess I, I would I would kind of just say that, you know, like you, you mentioned the, you know, getting the information off the yield monitor, I think that at times maybe scares a grower that they don't know what they're doing, but that is something obviously that you and the technology team are, are looking to do is the first step, collecting the data and then deciding where to take it or what to do with it. Right, and as long as people are recording it, we're able to break it down into their fields where it belongs, even if there was mistakes made during the harvest, but collecting that information is definitely huge for decision-making. Paul, what are some of the other precision egg avenues that you've found valuable 
on farms that have maybe led to better decisions or more efficient passes across the field? I think the the low-hanging fruit for everybody is the using your soil samples. I mean, everyone that we soil sample for in the co-op, we have that information. We have it in our software system, and we're able to give access to that to our growers. It's not like it used to be where all the soil sample results were on a piece of paper sitting in a file in the filing cabinet. We have the ability to give that information back to the grower in colorful maps that lets you actually see what's going on out in your field. And you can, not every field is a candidate for variable rate fertilizer, but I think that that is a very easy entry point for people and you don't have to have yield data to do it. You can set your fertility goals where you want and your crop removal can just be based on you had 180 bushel, 200 bushel corn. Um, You're going to replace what you removed in crop and you're going to build that fertility to your soil test P and K goals. And Lucas, I know you've in Ripon have done a lot of variable rate lime over the years and Lime is a huge cost. To be able to do that just where you need it in the field is huge cost savings to the farmer. I think you've seen that many times over the years. I think it's been cost saving, then even just time for us instead of doing the whole entire field where we're actually just going where it, where it needs to be. Um, we can get a lot more done, definitely. So you mentioned the, the imagery earlier in our discussion. Um, obviously, we work with a little bit of uh, one particular company, but have you been able to tie that into um, even scouting or anything like that? Is it, you know, as far as that imagery goes? I think imagery, it, it's been hyped a lot over the last several years. It's a great tool that we didn't have years ago. And there's certain times that it's definitely invaluable, but the, my main issue with imagery is Typically, we're getting so many images these days. Usually, it's it can be one or two every seven to ten days, and we cover a lot of acres. We don't have time to go through all of those images whenever they're coming into us. So, but there have been cases where that imagery has been very valuable to the grower that they happened to look at their incoming imagery and caught something that they wouldn't have otherwise. If anyone ever questions, has a issue or a question on a field, usually I'll look at the imagery ahead of time before going to that field. To, so I know where within that field I really should be looking for the problems. Um, but to me, imagery has been most helpful at the end of the season when the farmer may not have been back in that field since he planted it and doesn't realize there was an issue until harvest. And we're able to go back on that imagery and try to figure out where, whether things went wrong or things went right. Um, It's a great historical tool to have in our hands in the winter. I ran across it before. I mean, it, it, it's really helped me justify doing something. Um, an application of you name it, whether it was fertilizer, 
um, fungicide, chemical, whatever. But um, I think that's been a real big help. Uh, just another way to show what we actually got going on out there. So I guess one of the biggest um, take-homes, I guess, I've been kind of focusing on, and Paul, you reiterated, is if, if we do have those yield monitors, we need to be collecting that information. There's there's many ways to do it. Um, I think that's a start that we really need to be focusing on with a lot of our growers, and there's so much out there that we can be doing, and I think that's that might be one of the first things we need to start looking at. You have to take the first step. That's correct. On the path. So we're going to wrap everything up today. Uh, thanks again, Paul, for coming out and giving uh, our viewers a little bit of information on some of the services and technology that's available to them. But uh, one thing to note is that literally is just scratching the surface, and technology is changing every day, and it's everything's moving faster and faster and faster. So absolutely, keep an eye out for what's what's coming next. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Paul.